Cities on the Move, a real estate and mortgage podcast featuring Paul St. Andrew, Justin Sheeler, Joel Benson, and Greg Rios. Paul and Justin are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Results. And Joel and Greg are mortgage consultants with Truestone Home Mortgage, a division of Truestone Financial Federal Credit Union. And now, Twin Cities on the Move. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Episode 7 of Twin Cities on the Move. We are coming to you today from Minnesota Podcasting Studios. My name is Paul St. Andrew. I'm a realtor with REMAX Results. I'm Joel Benson. I'm with Truestone Home Mortgage, NMLS number 1064642. I'm Greg Rios with uh, Truestone Home Mortgage as well, NMLS is 1505482. And I'm Justin Sheeler with REMAX Results. How is everybody doing today? Good, good man. Good, good. good. This will be kind of a fun one. It's Myth Bus Day here at Twin right. Cities on the Move. There's a, we hear this all the time. There's there's all kinds of things, you know, real estate myths as well as mortgage myths, and people are asking us questions. So we're going to dive into that and, and try to get some answers to these. And really, it's a lot of no's. No, you don't need this. No, you don't need that. So we're going to try to hit the mortgage guys up. They're going to hit us up with these and, and off we go. But um, first of all, we were just talking, you know, it seems like a lifetime ago, but we had a really great event last month, you guys. That was yeah, so that was, fun. That was cool. That was it a was a lot of fun. We had a you good know, turnout too. I think, you know, so one of the guys that worked, we, we, if you weren't there and you missed it, I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait till next year. But last July, we had a customer appreciation event for the four of us. So just a way that we can say thank you to all of our clients. Uh, we were at Giggles Campfire Grill at the fairgrounds, and we had tons of food, games, prizes. And giggles. And giggles. Many giggles. And giggles. And one of the giggles employees said that he didn't really count, but he said that he figured there was about 220 people. That's nice. awesome. That showed up. So wow. thank you, thank you to everybody that showed up. Um, we gave a, we got a bucket load of, actually a pickup truck load full of backpacks that we were able to give to Ace in the city. And then um, Big Time Sports Auctions was there as well. That was cool. That was a whole yeah, lot. That was of fun. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Few, few people in this room might have uh, come home with a few items. Somebody. Uh, yeah, might congratulations, have. Joel. <laughs> Thanks, guys. They did. Well, we weren't the only ones because we were able to get another over four hundred, four hundred and five dollars wow. um, raised. Uh, as well to Ace in the City. So thanks to Steve at Big Time Sports Auctions for that as well. So, and hey, before we dive into the myths, what's been going on with the mortgages these days, fellas? Oh, it's been real quiet. Nothing really. Nothing, <laughs> yeah, nothing right. in the mortgage world. Huh? <laughs> no, we've no seen, refis. No, yeah, no, no we've <laughs> seen we've seen again. You know, we've I think we've mentioned this on every episode how we we've seen this trend where rates just continue to drop. And every time we talk about it, we think this is. Got, people ask me, is it gonna is it gonna continue to go down? And I always say, where can it go? It's more likely it's gonna go up than it's gonna go down because it's, it's already been so low. low. Yeah. And you know, I have clients that that they're contemplating a lock on, on a loan and they'll be like, What do we do? I'm like, We'll lock it, you know? Yeah. So we're seeing, you know, recently we've seen thirty year rates in the I mean, under four percent for sure. I mean we're getting yeah. close now to Three percent, you know, we're My seeing gosh. stuff, you know, three and a half, that three and a awesome. quarter, three. You know, it's just been, it's been crazy. And this is honestly as low, low as I've seen rates since probably, I mean, for sure since like maybe two seven two thousand seventeen. The last time wow. that okay. I've seen rates this low. So you know, we're seeing a ton of activity on the refinance side because of the rates being low. I mean, I'm I'm getting calls every day from people that I just closed loans for last year. You know, mm, or even a few awesome. months ago, that they're ready to refinance. Yeah, it just and again, it's just like any every other thing we talk about. It's it's a math equation. You know, mm -hmm. do you plan to be in your home long term? 
well, let's 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 see what it's going to cost and how long it's going to take you to recoup those fees. And you know, if at yeah. some point it, it makes sense, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. You know, rates have fallen to historic lows again, and you know, I know we talk about rates, and you know, it does vary based on each individual you know situation, credit score. So you know, it's going to be on a case by case basis, but. It is kind of nice to touch base with people that you just help close a home and then call them and give them some good news that you should be able to reduce their monthly payment. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I haven't been in the business as long. So just to kind of go through a refi boom is kind of nice to have that in addition to the purchases that I work on. So like supplemental income. Yeah, it's supplemental income. Mm -hmm. So it's it's nice. And and like I said, it's just kind of nice because... Typically, when you work with someone, there's a good feeling there. They just bought a house. They're happy. Yeah. And then you get to call them and say, hey, here's what the numbers look like. Because like Joel said, it's just a big math problem. This is how much we can save you. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense. What do you think? And then, right. you know, nine times out of 10, they're usually they're pretty interested. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great. Love is, there a, is there a generic rule of thumb in terms of paying, covering those closing costs? Like if I'm going to be in here for five years on average, I'm probably going to recoup that or a certain amount of here, years. Well, here's what, I, here's what I get a lot from customers or because they've heard it before. They say, if I can save 1% on my interest rate, I should do it. Well, the, sort of the fault in that logic is how big is your loan? Yeah. Exactly. What impact does 1% have? Mm-hmm. That, it's, again, it's, it's math. We'll, just, we'll do the equation. As far as time, I mean, I'm seeing a lot. I mean, you know, closing costs are, are so low these days that, you know, if you can recoup your fees in a couple of years, which is usually the case, two, three years, yeah. um, it probably makes sense. One yeah. thing I'll say just, again, we talk about the crystal ball with interest rates in the market and things like that. Um, I did read an article yesterday about, and I'm not a financial advisor, so I'm not going to quote numbers here. But there's typical indicators for mortgage rates are, are the bond markets. And there was recently an inverse between the two and the 10-year bond, which is very rare. And each time that's happened historically, it's it's led to a recession, recession yeah. about two years mm-hmm. later. So I don't know what that means, you know, for right now. But I'd say if, if you're, you know, if you have an interest rate that you think could be improved, you know, give us a call and we'll just, we'll do the numbers for you and and uh, see if it works out. One of the things I do is I'll tell people, you know, this is what you're projected to pay in interest if you keep the loan for the whole term. This is what it'll be if we refinance. And it may take three, four years or whatever that number is to recoup costs from the initial closing costs of the refinance. But when you look at the bottom line, oh, yeah. that's when you're going to see the biggest impact. Well, what about you, Justin? What do you think? Back on the <laughs> on the physical real estate side of things, how are things going this last month? Well, that's funny because you and I were, were talking about this earlier, and it, it does seem that we're in our seasonal kind of dip where people are actually it's, taking time off. You know, we only get month. three weeks of summer <laughs> right. in yeah. Minnesota. So. Yeah, no, it is. And you can see that. I know if you're if you have a house listed for sale right now and it's not it's not they're flying off the shelf if you yeah. if you know if you don't if you're not seeing as many showings as you you thought that you were going to don't be discouraged no no, no don't this is typical this be is patient same. it's typical for this time of year i mean there's a lot of people that are just not in town they're getting squeezed in that one last vacation um and then also a good friend just mentioned to me too you know they're not under the gun to buy a house and get in it before school starts yeah. so that that ship kind of sailed. So just be patient. I think after Labor Day, it seems like things get back to normal and there's another big push and we'll, yep. we'll and get your house into sold then. I know. Yeah. yeah. In the meantime, you know, you come up with some clever ideas to sell a house if you're a realtor like this guy in Los Angeles did. Three and a half million dollar house. 
and he had the weed open house, you guys. <laughs> wow. Um, cannabis, um, <laughs> cannabis open house. Um, he had chocolates, gummies, kombucha cocktails, vape pens. <laughs> um, the home was located in a affluent Los Angeles suburb called Greenleaf Street. Of course it was. Of course. <laughs> you know, they, had, they staged it with a bunch of hemp plants, a bunch of weed pipes, all kinds of... It's, it's the house that weed sold. Wow. And so if, you know, maybe this is something you want to approach your agent with if, if you feel like you, you need a little kick in the pants to get your your place moved. So who knows? Do, do you know if they got an offer on this house? I bet it was 420 Greenleaf Street, wasn't oh. it? And allegedly the offer was high, too. Yes, yeah, for yeah, sure. The offer was high. And it actually did. Two days later, they got it under contract. That's awesome. Believe it or not. So well, <laughs> another myth debunked here. Yeah, there <laughs> Twin you go. Cities on the move. Huh? That's a new marketing so, idea for you guys. That's right. That's right. Well, when we get when we come back, we'll get into the mortgage myths and also the real estate myths. We'll be right back. Okay, guys, Twin Cities on the move, episode seven. Here we go from the Minnesota Podcasting Studios. Myth time, myth busting time. I feel myth like busting. we're like on the Science Channel. Or we something. are. Yeah, yeah. So I, there's a lot of myths out there in our industry, real estate related, also mortgage related, and we're here to take care of them. So you guys, I don't know. I've done a little bit of homework here about the the um, mortgage industry, but I think I don't know if you guys have. We, we've done a little bit, and I have I have some that I, I want to ask you guys. You about think too, you can hit can, us with one? I, I'm gonna for All sure. Right, you go first. All right. So the first one, and I hear this a lot myself. <clears throat> you don't need a realtor with with the internet in this day and age. Do we really need a realtor? I, you know, personally, I think with the internet, more so than ever, do you need a realtor? Um, Justin and I, we're here full time. We we do this. This is our we've chosen. This is our chosen career. Um, Eight, ten, twelve hours a day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and how often uh, the average person sells their house every seven years? So I don't know how you can hardly become an expert at something if you do it once every seven years. And this is your number one asset. I always like to bring that up. We're spending two, three, four hundred thousand dollars, and often more. And uh, you want to go at that alone? That's a that's a huge yeah. risk to be taking, especially for a lot of us. This is our number one asset, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you want to roll the dice on that? That's uh, yeah, you that's certainly a- can, but I don't know if it would be wise to to have somebody in your corner as an advocate for you. Um, it's just this is it's just one of those things that I think is very wise. You know? And a good agent is going to more than make up for it, either in negotiating whether they're helping a buyer save money on purchasing a property, or working in closing costs, or whether they're helping a seller and they're they're actually able to get a higher mm-hmm. price for that. They most often, almost always, at least cover their cost, and usually and, and then usually some. yeah, and yeah. then some. Usually and then some, and then there's a time aspect involved. Not many people have the luxury to quit their job for six, eight weeks while they sell their house right, because exactly. that that alone is a you know it's a mm-hmm. full time job. There's a lot of things that come up. There's a lot of hoops to jump through. I, I would agree. There's value in what you guys provide. So I'd say this myth was busted, debunked. Oh, that's <laughs> nice of you. Well, I got one for you. You need perfect credit, don't you, if you want to buy a house? It... Well, I can tell you um, that's not the case. There's a lot of programs out there. You know, of course, it's on a case-by-case basis, but at Truestone, we typically can go as low as 620 for a credit score. In some cases, we do get one-off exceptions. 
also on a case by case basis, you know, we're able to work with some people to help boost their score. Again, you know, it's a case by case. You mm. can't make any guarantees that it always works. I would say my average credit score for people that I help is probably in the mid sixes. Really? You yeah. know? Really? Um, yeah. Well, when you look at, we get a lot of people that are entering the market for the first time. Maybe they're, uh, you know, recent college grads or yeah. for whatever reason. They, they just don't have the history. Right. So it's so a lot of times, and there are specific programs that are really designed to help people that don't have perfect credit, you know, okay. don't have a ton of money down. We've got all kinds of options. I mean, FHA financing requires, you know, lower down payments, lower scores. So we've got many, many options. So you certainly don't need to have perfect credit. And even, even if you have, you know, some dings to the credit, we can also help you know, as we've Fix talked that. about before, yeah. okay. we can help improve those scores mm-hmm. too. Okay. So I always tell people, no, you definitely don't need perfect credit. Give us a call and we'll figure out what, Come what works Come and see where you. you go yeah. from there, huh? Interesting. Definitely. Okay, good. Another one down the tubes. We're killing them. All right. So the one I'm going to hit you guys with, guaranteed offers are the best way to go. Guaranteed offers, I believe, have a place in the market. Absolutely. They absolutely do. Um, guaranteed offers are for people that really want to fire sale their house. It's it's a known fact that you will you know you will lose you will lose some money in there. Now, do you have a reason to? If you do, you know yeah. there and they, there's legitimate reasons to do. It. I don't want to just bash them and say that there there isn't a place for them because I've I've come to believe that there is a place for a guaranteed offer in the market for sure. But working through working through the process of selling your home with a qualified agent like Justin, it, you will come out you know, definitely with more money. If you're willing to spend it, if you're willing to take the time and, and, and do it and do it the more traditional way, um, it will be more profitable in the end for you for sure. And we've done a segment on that. And part of the reason for that is they're not just buying the house. They have to turn around and sell the house. So they have to factor in reselling costs when they're not only buying the house from you, but then they have to turn around and be able to sell it for a profit. So in summary, it's it's not necessarily the best option, but in some situations there might be value there. Hundred okay. percent. You got one for the fellas, Justin? I do. I do. Uh, one of the things you hear a lot: people say pre-qualification is the same as pre-approval in terms of that first letter they use to yep. make their offer. Well, here's what I'll say about that. First of all, most people in the industry only reference pre-approvals, and yes. they're not the same. So a pre-qualification is simply me. You know, qualifying you based on the information that you tell me. Mm-hmm. I ask you, you know, how long have you been at your job? What do you, you know, what's your annual income? Pre-approval is where you've actually given me your income documents and things like that, and I've actually presented them to an underwriter and been given an actual pre-approval that's been underwritten. And, and it's okay. simply a timing thing. Most people don't have all their documents, you know, in a, in a, in a folder they can just <coughs> shoot over to me real quick. Some people do, mm-hmm. you know, and that's mm-hmm. great. But if you don't, we'll I'm, happy, you, I'm happy to do the pre-qualification. So um, that myth was debunked. We got another one for you guys. Schools don't matter because I don't have kids. That might be true for you if you don't have kids. But when you're buying real estate, um, schools, I believe, still do matter uh, for, you know. For resale, if nothing else. The schools say a lot. It's telling of the location of where you're buying. You know, really, you can use it. If If it's a good school district, that matters. And you can, you know, even if you don't have children, you can really use that as a tool to know the the area. Myth debunked. Absolutely. Hey, Greg, I, I don't have 20% down. Can I still buy a house? Yes. In this case, you know, with everything that's going on today, I've helped people getting homes for as little as $1,000. You know, that does vary based on credit score and, and a lot of other moving factors. 
But yeah, there's there is some programs out there that they only require you that you have at least one thousand dollars in the transaction, which is typically covered by the earnest money yes, right, out, right yeah. off the bat. Okay. And then you're, and then you're set. Awesome. And then outside of that, let's say if you don't qualify for those type of programs, you can go as little as 3% down. A lot of people get fixated on the three and a half with FHA. You know, people actually think FHA stands for first time home buyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but you know, there is some conventional options out there where you can go as little as 3%. There's a lot of other options. We've got 1% down programs. We've got a community heroes program. We've got a community experts program. Those mm. are for uh, people in the medical field, um, community heroes. We've got community experts is for like CPAs and, you know, other educated uh, professionals. Interesting. Where you can do as little as 1% down. We've got, you know, VA loans. If you've got seller paid costs covered, you could maybe get into a VA product with nothing out of pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you probably mm-hmm. have to pay an appraisal, but you can actually get that refunded back at close in those oh. cases. So USDA. if you're a veteran, yeah, USDA loans. There's there's a lot of different options, and, and most people don't know which programs can do what, but we do. So, okay. but so yeah, the answer to the question, you definitely do not need 20% down. We've got all kinds of options. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Good to know. Debunked again. Yes. How about this one, guys? The asking price is what you're going to pay. You know, how often does that happen? Does that happen 5% of the time? Probably Maybe about 5%. Where you just, yeah, you yeah. have a client and, and you might be the first one. I, I had this happen here just, oh, maybe three, four months ago where we were, we were at this house 40 minutes after it went on the market and they liked it and they said, yeah, let's just buy it. And they, we sat at the kitchen table and actually it just, it sounds like this old cliche, you know, yeah. for realtors, mm-hmm. we sat and we just wrote it up for exactly the purchase price, called the agent and said, we're just going to leave it right on the kitchen table for you. And we did. And nice. they came home and they signed it and we were done. Perfect. And so, but that is, I can't tell you that that ever, I I don't think it ever happened to me again. (laughs) Because in a seller's market, you're usually paying at or above list. Yes. In a buyer's market, you're usually paying well below. Yeah, yeah. And it depends on the price point of the home too. What I've seen is, you know, houses that are a little bit lower price point, you know, yes, there's a lot more multiple offers scenario. The buy the buying pool is bigger. Sure. And so there are more multiple offers there. Um, then, yes, they, they can drive up the price. You get into these homes that are a little bit higher end and have a little bit, you know, bigger of a sticker on them. Yeah. Uh, there's room to negotiate down. And there's a little, people tend to dicker a little bit more back and forth, wouldn't you say? I would say, and I would say yet another myth debunked. Do you have one for the for the mortgage fellows? I do. I wanted to ask, because we, we hear this a lot, your only upfront cost is the down payment. That is not correct. Thank you. So <laughs> can you tell a bunch yeah. of buyers so, that? As far as your upfront cost, you're going to have, in addition to your down payment, you're going to have closing costs. Now, as you guys know, sometimes those closing costs or a percentage of them may be covered by the sellers, but most often they're not. So what happens is your maximum loan amount is going to be whatever your down payment or whatever the purchase price is minus your down payment. Everything above that closing costs is going to be either, you know, paid by you or by the sellers. One of the conversations I have up front is I say to really get these, this train on the tracks, there's going to be three potential charges that you have up front, your earnest money, inspection, and appraisal. And those are going to happen you know, within five to 10 days of you signing the contract. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I always have that discussion up front, try to give them, you know, based on what their price point is, maybe Mm -hmm. I ask the realtor, you know, what are you thinking earnest money is going to look like Mm -hmm. just so they can prepare for that? Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's coming right now. And if you don't have it, as you guys know, you write the offer, it's signed, and then you're like, where's the earnest money? And they're scrambling. Mm -hmm. It already gets the transaction off to you know, yeah, that's a, a, that's a great point. Right. right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I try to bring that up, just set the expectation. 
Good. Nice work, guys. Sure. That nice was work. easy. You got one more for us? I one, got one. One I got quick one. Because this, this always makes me think of my neighbors who spend a lot of money on their properties. Uh, <laughs> you will earn back what you spend on renovations and then some. Oh, one of the oh, biggest myths. Good, yeah, there. right, right. Yeah, yeah. I have one that I can I can actually give you a, a actual event that happened. I had some clients that had to make some improvements. They had to put a new roof on. They had to put um, new front steps on. And um, unfortunately, those are very necessary improvements. But they're not improvements that you're going to get 100 percent of your money back out of. And so. They were a little disappointed, even though they had to spend all that money and it was necessary. That um, that's not a dollar for dollar return, and we see that so much. Oh, all the time. That's that to me falls in line with deferred maintenance. <clears throat> yes, you know, and you expect to have a step coming into the house, right? Or a, exactly. A new ro- or a roof that's not leaking. roof that doesn't leak. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of deferred maintenance that clients think, though. Well, we're going to do all this stuff and then put our house up and we'll get all the money back. That's just not true. A lot of realtors will also you know, there's stats and and you can you can dig around you can you know I'm sure you can google it up and and what what a bathroom remodel will get you this year what a yeah. kitchen remodel what painting will do what what you know what it, landscaping will do for you know and and what's your return your dollar for dollar return um you, you mentioned those two bathrooms and kitchens I have to assume those about are the sixty five percent. But are those the, is, are not the, always even? It's those are the yeah. two that the seem two to ones. be the the two big ones. Go on and do that deferred maintenance if you want to get your house ready to sell. But but do it with the idea that you're using you're you're saving yourself time on market and you're actually probably going to get what your house what you think your house is worth as it sits today. Debunked. Good, <laughs> good, good. Well, this was fun. This yeah, was fun, sure. guys. We'll be back in a minute. Right, back here, Minnesota Podcasting and Twin Cities on the Move, Episode 7, the myth-busting episode. That was fun, guys. That was nice cool. work. Was time. Nice work. That. So thanks a lot for listening, everybody. And Hey, one thing we'd like to ask, whatever medium you're listening to us on right now, go ahead and subscribe, You know, rate us. We have a Facebook page also, yeah. So please go find us on Facebook. What is our Facebook page, Paul? It's Twin Cities on the Move. It's too easy. It yeah. is, it is. It's very, very simple. Um, yeah, so, so please, yeah, see if you can find us there, TwinCitiesOnTheMove.com. And again, don't hesitate to leave any comments, questions, um, we'd love to love to know what you're thinking about it. And thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you next month. This has been Twin Cities on the Move, a real estate and mortgage podcast. Paul St. Andrew and Justin Sheeler are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Results. You can find Paul online at minnesotahomesales.com and Justin at justinsheeler.com with Sheeler spelled S-C-H. E-E-L-E-R. Joel Benson and Greg Rios are mortgage consultants with Truestone Home Mortgage, a division of Truestone Financial Federal Credit Union. And they can be found online at truestonehomemortgage.com slash joel hyphen benson and truestonehomemortgage.com slash greg hyphen rios. Truestone is spelled T-R-U-S-T-O-N-E and Rios is spelled R-I-O-S. True Stone Home Mortgage and True Stone Financial Federal Credit Union are not affiliated with Remax or Remax Results. This show has been produced by Minnesota Podcasting, and they can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. 
the views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the individual participants and may not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of REMAX results, Truestone Home Mortgage, Truestone Financial Federal Credit Union, or Minnesota Podcasting.